There are images that lie within my heart. Images with the power to recall the warmth of a summer's night. The stillness before a storm. Reminding me of the first time I ever saw him. You go. When he stopped and asked directions to Rosamond Bridge. A moment when there was nowhere else to go. Except towards love. George is supposedly going all night tomorrow. Uh-huh. If he can't do it, I swear right now, I'll take whatever is left from George up to the Musers. Hold on. In this state that you are in, highly inebriated, season 15, fourth place finisher. Ooh, I've never done that inebriated. Uh, what was it again? Season 15, fourth place. And he did a power hour. He remembers. Do it out loud. Oh, Do my gosh. That was our buddy, Emmett. Emmett Smith. He finished fourth place. It was an all-star edition. I want to see more of that later on. Now, Chad, you were actually there for the premiere in L.A. Now, what are people saying about Ryan? Because he is so controversial. Yeah, there was a lot of negative posts on, on Twitter and everything else about him being on the show. In the line itself out there, I didn't hear much like that. People are appreciative to be able to get to this show. It's a small ballroom, 700 people. Uh, they only let 200 to 300 in every show. And everybody's dressed to the nines, and it's just a happy feeling out there. So I really didn't hear anything in the, uh, uh, the line. The funny thing was the uh, protesters that came on stage, yes. we actually talked to them in line beforehand. And so I didn't really recognize it. My, my sister was with me, and she's like, I talked to her for like a half an hour, and we had no inclination. But Oh, wow. Uh, Oh, wow. So that's some interesting back uh, backstage <laughs> secrets. Anything else you can share with us that we might not know about? You know, it's a, it's a very fun place to go. If you love the show, you get in there and, and there's an ambiance to it. And it's a happy, fun place. And I, I got to tell you, you're in a good mood be. when you go there. So uh, um, I would recommend anybody that likes the show, try to get out there because it's a great experience. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony the Engineer. Welcome back. Well, here we go. Week 11 of the Ballroom Blitz covering week 10 of Dancing with the Stars, season 32. And it occurred on Tuesday night, November 28th. It was semifinals night in the ballroom. So uh, always a fun time and always kind of a sad time, you know, the old bittersweet feelings. We know it's almost over, but boy, we still got some good dancing left to, to see. Uh, for the first time in the history of Dancing with the Stars, we got to see a show, and now we're going to have two shows after the holiday of Thanksgiving. Uh, every other uh, fall season, they had uh, the finale on Monday or Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. That always, I think, was a, a purposeful thing. 
And then uh, the show got started a little late this year. Uh, maybe the the strike had something to do with it, the writers and the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, but uh, we've got two shows after Thanksgiving, and I love that because, you know, before when it was Thanksgiving, it was like, oh, yeah, the show's over, and now we got a whole month before they even think about the tour starting. And um, in the old days, of course, we always had a spring season to look forward to. But uh, this was great. You know, over the holiday, I was like, Man, first of all, you probably remember I was going to try to go this week. So that was a, a thing I was thinking about. And then I'm like, I saw a preview on ABC and they were talking about the semifinals coming up. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I get to see the show a couple more times. So I kind of liked it. So if you're listening out there, Conrad, hey, maybe postpone it again in September for a week or two so we could have a show after Thanksgiving. I think that's a pretty cool deal myself. Um, I also love the semifinals. Uh you know, usually you have very good dancers in it. Not always, but usually. Uh, they did what they did uh, last night. I say last night. I just got home. Well, it's pretty late at night. We'll get into that in a minute. But um, they did what they usually do, and that is it's a ballroom night. Ballroom and Latin night. It's the old classic, and I love that. It's kind of a throwback, you know. Um, you don't have to worry about seeing a jazz number or uh, a contemporary or any of these other dances that are kind of outside the normal realm of hardcore ballroom and Latin dances. So I love that. It was going to be two dances, one one Latin, uh, one ballroom. Uh, the dances are always longer this time of year. They're about a minute and a half now. And I know that doesn't sound very long, but when you're seeing dances a minute or barely that at the beginning of the year and they progressively get a little longer, the minute and a half dance, I'm sure it's hard for the, the dancers too. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, what, a third longer again so than what they were in the beginning. So that's great. And then I always like it too. Uh, the guest judging is usually done by now. And I don't mind guest judges. They're okay to have throughout the season. But when it comes down to, you know, nuts and bolts time, I want the three judges that we have out there. And that's what we had. So uh, just the, the actual night of a uh, semifinals was exciting for me. So I was really looking forward to it. And then I did tell you guys last week that I was going to try to get tickets. I knew they would be difficult. Uh, turns out, um, let's see, was it the week before? Yeah, Taylor Swift night. Those were the hardest ones to get all year. But uh, I got super lucky and I did get to go to the ballroom. So we'll report on that here in a little bit. And right off the top too, uh, I got to tell you, I had such a good time and uh, one of the neat things about doing this podcast is that, you know, it's the third year now, you get to know some people who were entered my contest or I met them in person and you kind of keep in touch sometimes. And it's great. You know, they'll say, hey, what'd you think of the show or something? Well, um, I got a, a text from Emily. Shout out to Emily out there. She was a former uh, contest winner to go to one of the tour stops. And she was just asking about, you know, the end of the show and so forth. And I told her I was in the ballroom and she was like, I didn't think you were going to get to go out there. And I didn't either, but uh, <laughs> I did make it out there. And that's one of the neat things about, like I said, uh, these contests that I do. And by the way, tonight's the end of our contest. Uh, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But I get to know some people and it just kind of embellishes my trip because I talk about my trip out there and, uh, you know, you have some friendships, even though they're long distance and you're not seeing each other all the time, you still can kind of connect over the show that we all love so much. So I did get to go to the show and I was talking with Emily when, you know, we were kind of going back and forth and I told her what a good time I had out there. 
And it was like, I was a light bulb kind of went off and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if I should do like, you know, I'm always looking for top 10 list, uh, topics. And I said, maybe I could do a top 10 list of my personal trips out to the show. Cause not everyone is great. Don't get me wrong. I, I have a good time every time, but things can happen on a trip that kind of whatever, put a damper on it or something. And I thought, what the heck, maybe I can just rank my, uh, my trips someday. So we may do that if we come back next year. Uh, you know, this is my 31st time in the ballroom, so I could probably come up with the, the 10 highest. But that's for another time. Yeah, but this, what made me think of that was I had a great time this time. Not that I didn't the first, the other two times I went this, this season, but this was just one of those where everything kind of fell into place. Lots of little stuff. And it made the overall experience, I don't know, almost unforgettable. Like I said, it would be definitely be in my top tens if and when I do something, a list like that sometime. Uh, basically, and I'll just give you a quick review, it started off with the very first thing, and this is all stuff that's got nothing to do with the show, it's just, is the trip fun for me? Um, I don't know, I always rent a car, of course, and you know I've traveled so much the last few years that I'm able to just go to my rental car place and pick a car. I don't have to check in with anybody, you just go pick the car. And of course, I'm always wanting a new car, who doesn't want a new car? But um, there's another reason I get the new car is because I don't know the deal with this, but the Sirius XM radio thing, they seem to have like an agreement maybe with new car manufacturers for the first six months or something. It's free. And it's not that big a deal if I wanted to pay for it. It's six or seven bucks a day, I think. But I never do. And so I looked around and I found a car. And guess what? It had the XM <laughs> satellite radio in there. So and I love that because there's channels on there I get to listen to, you know, 70s on 70 or 70s on 7, I guess. It's Channel 7, and um, they've got a, a, a the Groove Channel, which is old school R&B and disco, so you know I'm going to love that. And there's even a Studio 54 channel that plays some of the electronica disc, disco back in the day. And then there's other cool stuff, you know, an all-Beatles channel, all-Christmas channel, of course. I was listening to some old Christmas tunes in the car. And, hell, there's a, a Frank Sinatra channel. And sure enough, I tuned it over there, and guess what I heard? Think back to the Lynn Goodman dance, uh, memorial dance that the pros did a few, week back, a few weeks back. It was Fly Me to the Moon. And uh, I think a little tear started to go down my cheek as I listened to that and thought about that dance again. And uh, anyways, a little thing like that starts to trip off, you know, very good. And then it just got, I don't know, better and better and better the whole way, I guess you would say. So uh, what happened? Well, I get to the studio and I went late this time. You know, I kind of knew know the routine now and I thought I'm going to try to become a seat filler, which I got to do, let's see, the first time out this season. And that's a lot of fun. It's something different for me. And so I went super late thinking that, okay, everybody's going to get seated and then they're going to have us extra guys at the end. And in the old days, that would have been playing with fire a little bit because they would always say, you know, hey, this ticket is no guarantee to get in. But uh, I haven't really heard that this year. So I took a little bit of a chance, I guess. But I made it in. And uh, uh, the thing was, I, I didn't make it as, as late as I wanted to, I guess, because um, they went, us, went up and set us in the uh, ballroom. And I did have a really good seat, though, so I'm not complaining. But I looked down in the seat next to the uh, judges' table, uh, which is kind of like the prime territory. I saw four people sitting at it. 
uh, I'm like, wait a minute, they were all behind me in line. And so they got to be a seat filler just for the first uh, act because the, uh, the VIPs weren't there yet. Oh, and by the way, they did let us in early again because they pre-recorded the, the intro. So uh, they were there for just that. And then once that ended, <clears throat> there's some time and the VIPs showed up. And there were some pretty important VIPs in that table we'll talk about a little later. But I had a great seat. I was on third floor. And I know you'd think, well, third floor, that's not great. You know, I'm to the point now, I'm happy with third floor. The best seat for me is second floor, first row across from the judges. And that's a lot to ask. And, you know, I was so appreciative in the early days of getting any seat that I didn't care about it. But now I'm a little spoiled and I'm like, yeah, I'd, I kind of want to have a good seat. You know, I want to <laughs> really enjoy the show. But I was on third floor, pretty much right in the middle and right across from the judges. And I love that. You can see the front stage. You can see the uh, interviewing area where Julianne is. Uh, of course, you see the judges full on and it's just a great view of the dance floor. So that was fantastic. And for some reason, I don't know if they're limiting tickets or what, but that third floor, when they got the seat fillers back up, they brought them up to third floor, it wasn't that crowded. And so I actually had some arm room and elbow room. Again, little things that you wouldn't think would matter, but you know, I'm bouncing around and dancing and screaming and stuff. And it's nice not to have someone right next to you because you worry about, oh, I'm yelling too loud for them or, you know, I'm getting in their way or acting goofy or something. So that's just me. But uh, so I was thankful for that. I had a lot of room to spread out. Uh, the uh, light stanchions that I was near, they weren't the super hot lights, so wasn't super hot. Um, I met a wonderful lady next to me. If you're out there, uh, Lori, shout out to you. Uh, turns out she was actually from the Dallas area, about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so west of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And uh, that was fun. And she wasn't a huge fan of the show, but she was with a couple of people that were. And she was, you know, I, you know me, I start talking about the show and I can't shut up. So she was asking me questions and I was giving her all my opinions on things about the old days and so forth. So that embellished the trip. Um, oh, before I even got into the ballroom, I met an old friend in line that I had used to know. And shout out to Lauren, uh, Lauren if you're out there. All these shouts out today. Shouts out, shout outs today. Uh, I had known uh, Lauren in line when I was going fairly regularly before COVID because you would see people regularly who lived out there and went a lot. There weren't too many people I ran into that were regulars that lived out of state like me. But um, during COVID, we kind of lost touch and I saw her last night in line. So, you know, that was fun. Caught up, talked with her for five minutes or something. And and we talked about the show and did we like the season and all that silly stuff. But all that just kind of... Uh, uh, you know, embellishes my my time there, or my, my trip, I guess you would say. Uh, let's see, anything else? Oh, yeah, when we were up uh, on third floor, too, I was just so happy to be there. I had the seat I wanted. Everything was going good on the trip, and I, I guess I was a little more demonstrative or vocal, and next thing I know, during one of the commercial breaks, there's a guy out there that kind of revs up the crowd, and occasionally he'll walk around and talk to people if he sees somebody of note. Well, I must have been I don't know, acting up a little bit up there in third floor because I'm just sitting there. You know, I always stand up during commercial breaks because I'm watching what's going on. You know, what are the judges doing? What are the pros doing? What are the the set design people doing? I just want to see the whole thing. I don't know. I never sit. And I don't know. I heard him in the background. You know, he's talking to somebody or something. And the next thing I know, I don't think he touched me, but I looked to my left. He's like right there, the MC guy. And I should know his name, but like I said, I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on the ballroom. So he ends up talking to me for a couple minutes and finding out my story. Wait a minute, 
You're by here. You're by yourself. You came here from Dallas, and you're leaving tomorrow. And I said, "Yeah." And I think, like most people, he was a little flabbergasted by that. But uh, it was nice talking to him. He gave me a T-shirt. Of course, you know what am I going to do with the T-shirt? I have like 185 pieces of paraphernalia already of Dancing with the Stars. So I gave it to one of the young ladies that was next to me, and that made her night, and that made my night. So. My goodness, it, it was just an overall good time. And of course, the show itself was fantastic. It's just you're there and and you're in the place where all of it happens. And so even after all these times of going, it's still a very, very fun, pleasurable thing. Okay, I didn't mean to get into too much of that, but I guess I did waste a lot of time there. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know, an advertisement for my contests that are coming up, you know. Uh, people do win. You know, I took... Uh, it was it Suzanne, I think? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and her husband out to the show. And uh, that's something you guys should get into if you're even considering it, because it's so much fun out there in the ballroom. Okay, uh, let's see here. Before we get to the dances, one more thing. I want to just touch briefly on the ratings again. Uh, we mentioned that in the beginning of the season, and then we didn't talk about it at all. And now here we are at the end of the season. So let's look at those ratings. And I'm very pleased to report last week, the Swifties came out and had a positive impact on our ratings for sure. It was the highest or most viewed uh, show in in uh, this season on ABC. And that's just astonishing to me because, as I told you, in, in recent memory, you never had more people watching during the season than you did in the premiere episode. And again, it was over 5 million, which was more than the premiere episode. So very nice to see that. Uh, in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is what the advertisers covet, I guess, it was the highest rated uh, rating in that demographic this season. And uh, it even beat The Voice. The Voice always beats us in that younger demographic because I guess so many people love to watch The Voice and up and coming singers and so forth. But what a thrill that it, it actually beat The Voice in the 18 to 49 demographic. Again, you Swifties, amazing. And then it also was a five-year high for that, dom that demo. Get five years. Think about that. That's back to season 27 and before COVID and all that. And it's, it was a five-year high for the ratings for that 1849 uh, demographic. So fantastic turnout by the Taylor Swift fans. I don't know how many of them, probably not too many of them watched the show, but I guess she can bring them out with something like that. And then the question is, did they have an impact on Harry going home? Uh, all kinds of stuff on social media floating around there. Who knows for sure, but some of the reasons that they may have had an impact was that Harry actually came out and said that he was a big Taylor Swift fan, but I guess he doesn't follow her on any of the social media outlets. So the Swifties probably didn't like hearing that. Oh, yeah, you say you like her when it comes down to you want us our support, but you don't even follow her. That might have been part of it. Um, I guess Harry does follow someone named uh, Scooter Braun. I'm finding out all this stuff I know nothing about. Evidently, this Scooter Braun and Ta uh, Taylor have been kind of, uh, I don't know, at odds because uh, Taylor, or, I'm sorry, Scooter bought all of Tater's master recordings, I guess, or a lot of them. And I don't know, she doesn't have control over some of them. But Harry does follow him, so that might have turned him off a little bit. And you know what I think more of it was might have been? was they actually watched the show. That's why we had the higher ratings. So the Swifties came out, they watched the show, and they probably watched it with more of an objective eye 
like, okay, who's, who's on the show here? Who's dancing? And they saw that Harry couldn't dance. And they're like, what's this guy doing here? So they voted for the people that could dance. Maybe that was part of it too. So, but no matter, you know, uh, the regular viewers to the show, we couldn't get rid of Harry. So uh, if that's... Uh, if that's what happened and that's what it took to get him off there, uh, call me an honorary Swifty now. Um, I'll be glad to proudly uh, wear that moniker, I guess. Okay, let's get to the show. Um, I'm recording this. As I told you, I did get to go to the show, so I'm recording it late Wednesday evening. I just got home, I don't know, 7 o'clock or something. Had to watch the show, of course, because, again, I've told you, it out there um, in the ballroom, even though it's a wonderful experience, it's a different experience than watching it from the comfort of your home with incredible television angles and good audio and all that stuff. So I had to watch it, and it's kind of late Wednesday night, uh, early Thursday morning when I'm doing this. So once again, if I'm a little jet-lagged or goofy, forgive me. My uh, sniffling's not too bad. You may get a couple of that, but uh, you guys were with me last year. You knew it got me last year, and it got me down for several weeks. Well, it hit me was it three or four weeks ago? And I'm surprised, but it hasn't got me down this year. I'm still got some weird stuff, but nothing that, you know, like last year for sure. So hopefully uh, we'll be okay here. All right. Um, at the top of the show, there was no pro number. They brought the, the judges on it for a pre-recorded segment, of course. And they just talk about the semifinals. They give their little critiques and so forth on the five performers that are left, all pre-recorded, of course. And then out comes... Uh, Alfonso and Julianne, and then the introduction of the contestants. And of course, as you're watching at home, you think that that's all happening live. Well, that was actually pre-recorded too. That's why we got in early is so we could have the audience noise and so forth, so they could re, uh, pre-record that that intro number there. And they pretty much said we got to get to the dances because there was going to be two dances tonight, a ballroom and a Latin, as we talked about. So uh, let's get into those. Up first for the night. Um, Ariana and Pasha, and they were going to do a jive, and we all know the jive's tough, <laughs> but Ariana's a, a tough dancer, so I was hoping for big things here, and I always do with Ariana. She's fantastic. Now, she's been dealing with a uh, bit of an injury to the back and rib area, which can cause trouble, and we'll see if it does for this jive, because that is a full-on, full-throttle uh, type dance. Uh, so they did it, and uh, Derek, Derek was the leadoff judge, and he said... Uh, looks like you're running towards the finale. Uh, he liked it, of course, but he did say, and he didn't get more specific, he just said it was a little he heavy in some areas. Hmm. So we have to, I guess, kind of figure out what that means. But uh, overall, of course, he liked it. That's not to like. Ariana's a good dancer. Uh, Bruno said it was bright, light, sassy, and sexy. So he didn't really have much of a critique other than that it was good. And then uh, Carrie Ann said... Uh, she has, Ariana has everything she needs to win this thing. And I agree completely. Now, whether she does or not, it's a different story. But she has it all. But Carrie Ann mentioned that she thought something was holding her back tonight. And she knew about the injury, too. So she mentioned it. And Ariana said, yeah, it's some kind of muscle, I guess, between the rib cage and the back muscles or something. And I can only imagine how much that hurts. And it probably mutes your full range of motion. You know, when you're lifting your arm up, it's just like, oh, and you stop. And Carrie Ann said she noticed that. And, uh, you know, uh, what do you say to him when someone's injured like that? You know, just keep working on it. But, yeah, we can see it in the dance. So uh, they gave him um, 9, 9, and a 10. 
Uh, Bruno gave him the 10, and so that's a total of 28 for Ariana and Pasha and their jive. They showed the audience clip, of course, or the audience camera pan after the dance, and we saw Mauricio, Lele, and Harry in the house, and they were all at that little table right next to the judges' table where the seat fillers got to be for the very first segment. So uh, nice to see former contestants and current contestants of this season that have been eliminated hanging out and supporting their their, uh, former contestant or former competitors, I guess you would say. Uh, Up next was uh, Jason and Daniela, and they were going to do a Viennese waltz. And it was interesting in the package, they mentioned the mid-season drop, and uh, Jason even mentioned that later when he was talking to Julianne that he reached a point, and it was always like, you know, week six, seven, and eight, like we always talk about the dog days, where he's like, you know, I, I almost gave up. Uh, I'm sure it was a combination of things. He wasn't dancing as well. He was a little injured, um, probably a lot harder than he realized, like everyone that gets on this show, but he stuck with it, and that was good to hear. But they did say in the package also that he suffers a little bit from dizziness, and I don't know how... You can dance out there if that's the case. And and they were showing it, you know, and he had to like stop and kind of, I don't know, get his bearings about him. And uh, I was a little concerned when I heard that. I guess I hadn't known that before. But uh, when Jason dances, he's usually pretty good. So I wasn't too worried about it. Uh, let's see what Bruno had to say. He said it was a, a proper Viennese waltz, correct. He said it needed a little more drive, though. So I'm like, okay, it's not a gun. He's not going to get a 10 from Bruno. Uh Carrie Ann said uh, that she would have liked it a little more if there was more emotion, emotional and freedom in the dance. And uh, he, she thought he was a little guarded in the dance. I'm like, okay, there's two nines probably. And then Derek came on and said, yeah, it was uh, full of content. And he, he did appreciate it and liked it. But he did say then, um, it, it came across to me as more like the plucking of a guitar than the strumming of a guitar. And I think what he meant by that was, you know, the Viennese Waltz, a very lyrical, smooth movement thing, and maybe it wasn't quite as smooth as he was hoping. So uh, they gave him three nines for a total of 27. And, you know, for me, the stickler about, okay, let's not just rubber stamp everybody tens when they get to the semifinals and finals. I was loving what I was seeing, and I thought it was appropriate. Neither one of those first two dances I thought were tens. Um, although Bruno, Bruno did give Ariana a 10. But it was just nice to see the judges. Okay, they're still critiquing. They're still judging appropriately here. And uh, they're not going to let things slide. And that was nice to see. Well, up next was uh, Soshi and Val. And they did a samba. And, you know, Soshi, <laughs> she's, she's the contestant this year. There's just not much to say about her that, except she's fun to watch. And I look forward to seeing her every week. Uh, Carrie Ann said about the samba, it was spectacular, had a lot of bounce to it, a lot of smoothness to it, and uh, she said she's a star, and so she really is, one of those younger kids that are on the show that that Val gets a lot of them, and they're just, you know, like we've said many times, kind of a ray of sunshine in the ballroom, and you can't wait to watch them dance. Uh, Derek came next, and uh, he started off kind of low-key, and he says, you know, I didn't like it, and there was a couple little looks, and Elvis said, he says, I loved it. <laughs> that brought me back to something Len said a few years back. I think it was for my favorite dance of all time, the uh, uh, trio dance of Corbin Blue in season 17. He said kind of the same thing, you know, 
I was expecting some fireworks and I really didn't get it. You exploded. And that's kind of a callback for a long time ago. But I kind of got the same vibe right there when Derek said that. And he said the quality of movement's just uh, superb with her. And there wasn't much to say other than just glowing things, of course. Uh, Bruno says, uh, I want to go party after that dance. You know, Samba is the party dance. And uh, she did just delivered for sure on that. And uh, there was a lot of content in it, he said. So uh, really nice. And so before they went and got the scores, Alfonso just threw in something that I thought was rather interesting. I didn't know there was such a list, but he says, and he brought it to Carrie Ann. He says, Carrie Ann, congratulations. You were named one of the 40 40 most powerful women in reality TV. (sighs) I'm like, what? (laughs) So evidently, somebody has a list of the 40 most powerful, I can't even get it out, the 40 most powerful women in reality TV. I'm sorry, I don't mean to to demean her accomplishment, but I just wasn't ready for that. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what the criteria was for that. But uh, yeah, Carrie Ann's fantastic. Been there since day one and a big part of Dancing with Star's success. So forgive me if I laughed there. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the scores for Soshi, kind of anticlimactic because of everything they just said. Three tens for a 30. And, you know, she's she's been the best all season. The judges have certainly showed that with their scoring. And, uh, you know, I don't expect anything to change the rest of the night and into next week. Up fourth, Charity and Artem, they did a uh, rumba. And let's see here. We'll just jump into what the, the judges had to say. Uh, Derek said, you made it look effortless, uh, but there was a little lack of emotion. And that's, you know, the old bugaboo that they've been harping on all year with charity is we just need some more energy, some more emotion, some more feeling, something to it, uh, something else, because your dancing is just fantastic. Your, your actual execution of the dance and your precision and so forth. But Derek brought that up, said just still lacking a little emotion. But then Bruno went crazy. Bruno went Bruno on Derek, and he he couldn't believe it. He says, are you kidding me? And he kind of fell over onto Derek and was just, he said something like, she was like Velcro on him, and I guess that was showing emotion or something. And Derek was like, oh, 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 it's pretty funny. If you didn't see it, go back and watch that. <laughs> but that just kind of Bruno being Bruno, I guess, and he, he judges and tells his stories the only way he can. Um but he said it was emotive, so there's a little difference right there. Derek wanted a little more. Bruno says it was, and so Carrie Ann had to be the tiebreaker, and she said that she thought Charity had a breakthrough. She thought that um, that she felt the dance, and she said, when you feel the dance, we feel the dance. We don't, we don't just watch it. We feel you doing the dance, and so Carrie Ann thought that she kind of had a breakthrough there, so it was 10-9-10. Derek was the only holdout with the nine for a total of 29. Again, I love it that, that we're just not rubber stamping 10s. If the judges don't think you should, then don't. Uh, they mentioned about next week's show, <clears throat> and they start talking about all the stuff that's going on. And I was super stoked to hear one of these things they said, and that was Charlie and Mark are coming back to the ballroom uh, for the finale next week. And, of course, that's Charlie D'Amelio, the winner of last season, and Mark Ballas, the old school brother, uh, on the pro side, and what a delight it was to watch them. You know, Charlie's a top, probably top five female of all time. I need to revisit my top female list of all time in the off season. But uh, 
it's going to be a blast to watch them. She's so good, and they had such a great chemistry, brother-sister chemistry, whatever you want to call it, uh, older sister, you know, or younger sister, older brother thing. So that's going to be on next week. Uh, they said that, you know, they'll have all the old the old contestants from the season come, which they always do, you know, and come and they'll either do a little thing or just make an appearance. Um, he did say that Jason was going to perform next week, even if he's not a contestant any longer next week. He, Jason Mraz, he will perform. Um, he said surprise guests, which who knows what that means. And then he said that uh, maybe he and uh, Julianne will even have something special for next week. And so I'm listening to him talk about all these things, and I'm like, wow, that's going to be a lot to fill in two hours. Well, more on that. If you uh, have seen the show, you know what's coming up. Okay, let's get back to the dances. Uh, number five up, uh, the last one in that first round of dances, was Allison and Sasha. They were doing a jive, and I worried a little bit because we all know how tough the jive is, and we know Allison's had some toe and feet issues, and she's probably exhausted, and I think she's her, what, mid-40s, late-40s, something like that. So I figured this would be kind of a beatdown for her. But um, we were going to see. And so when you watch Allison dance, and this isn't hating, this is just stating a fact. I'm a judge now. She's a notch below the other four. I think we can all realize that and understand that and say it's okay to say that. That's just part of it. Uh, she's got no dance experience before she came on here. You know, she's the true, I don't know, example or definition of what the show really likes to see. Get somebody with no dance experience and they turn into a dancer because she can dance. There's no doubt about it. But as I said, there's just kind of a notch below when you watch her dance of the other four. And uh, she does tend to be a little better in the ballroom dances too, I believe, scoring-wise and just look-wise than the Latin dances. So let's go uh, to Bruno here. Uh, he didn't say too much. He said there was a couple of hesitancies. I think I said that properly. And errors. So he got booed, of course, and he goes, eh, come on, it was, it was. So there were some errors there, and maybe that's what I was seeing when I said it's just a notch below. You can just see the difference. Uh, Carrie Ann said it was a tough, long routine, and, of course, the jive is tough, and, of course, they are longer routines this week, as we talked about, a full minute and a half. But uh, she's the example of what, the, like we said, the true definition of a Dancing with the Stars contestant can be. You get somebody that's not had dance experience, and you can see this person turn into a dancer, and it gives other people hope that they can dance too. Uh, Derek said that uh, she's a fighter, and she loved watching her. Um, but he did say there were a few moments here and there. So another kind of, <laughs> we're not sure exactly what he's talking about, but a few moments here and there. And so they score here her uh, 988 for a 25. Again, I think very appropriate. Carrie Ann was moved to give her a 9, so be it. Uh, but this is where I'm very proud of the judges. We all know she's a notch below. I'm a little concerned next week, though, with finale, but we'll get into that one when we find out who's going to be in it. Um, so they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing here. They're still critiquing. They're still judging well. Uh, so she had a total of 25. Okay, so that was the first round. And then the little break there, they did a pro dance. And it was just Emma with the four gentlemen that are going to be on the upcoming tour. Emma is, of course, kind of the MC of the upcoming tour. And the four gentlemen who are going to be on the tour, the four pros, Alan, Gleb, uh, Brandon, and Pasha, were out there. And uh, basically, it was Emma and the four guys. It was an interesting number. It was kind of a round, 
I don't know, big gigantic circle table like, and then there were four chairs around it. And, you know, Emma was the focal point and the gentleman just kind of passed her around a lot. The song was kind of interesting. The lighting was kind of interesting. It wasn't what I was expecting. I liked it though. And how can you not like uh, watching all them get out there? But uh, again, this was pretty much just showcasing Emma. They didn't have any of the other pearls uh, female pros who are going to be on the tour out there. And in fact, they were not even in the show much. You saw PETA, and oh, no, PETA's not going to be in there, I'm sorry. You saw um, Britt and Riley, and who's the other one? Oh, Daniela was still on the show. But uh, yeah, you saw them in the background when they were you know, doing interviews and so forth. But a lot of them didn't have too much to do that night. PETA didn't have much to do. Uh, Jenna didn't have much to do. So, uh, but anyways, the pro dance was nice, a little break, and then they did an audience scan, and I think I saw Andy Grammer. I wasn't positive, but it sure looked like him, and he would have been, let's see, season 21, I believe. Where would he have finished? I want to say maybe seventh. Season 21 was the Bindi season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 the husband-wife team. Yeah, I think he was seventh in season 21. So nice to see Andy Grammer if that was him. <laughs> you know, everybody gets a little older, and so I think that's him. I said that about Riker Lynch earlier in the season, and someone said, you were right, that was Riker. He just kind of matured a little bit and looks a little different. But uh, nice to see if that was Andy back in the ballroom. Okay, time for the second round of dances. And uh, Jason and Daniela were going to start it off, and they wanted to start it off, or we're going to start it off with a paso. And... Uh, you know, I like, uh, I like the Paso a lot. Um, it's the man's dance. And no offense to Jason whatsoever, but Jason, I don't think, comes across as the, how would I say this, the alpha male or the Latin lover or a real, I don't know, big beefy guy. He's a, you know, he's a regular looking human. He's, he's kind of slight to build. And uh, I was a little concerned that, you know, this is a very powerful, forceful dance, whether he could pull it off or not. And the first thing I noticed when he came out on the floor was he was all in black and he was missing something, I thought. And the Paso, oftentimes the man has the, um, I think it's called the matador jacket or something. It's a, it's a little short jacket they put over him, like I think for the bullfighting thing and all that. And I always like those. They're usually kind of bedazzled a little bit. And I think it gives the man a little more authority or more presence when he has it on, but Jason didn't have it on. He just had a, that kind of all black, you know, and, and it was kind of a form-fitting shirt. And I thought, oh, again, that doesn't really show off a real forceful physique or anything. But maybe that was just me being picky. And because I like the dance, I kind of maybe critique it a little more. But once Jason started dancing, I didn't have to worry too much. I still, you know, think he doesn't come across as a super forceful guy, but it, he did everything well in it. And it's a tough dance. And then he had... He did the, uh, what they call them, the knee walks, I think. And that's a tough thing to do. That's when you basically walk along the floor pretty fast with just your knees. And then at the end, he actually popped up so that he could stand on his two feet off, that, off, off his knees. And I think Jason's, you know, mid-40s, late-40s, and I was super impressed with that. Alfonso actually said at the end of it, like, yeah, I didn't do that in my posture. I'm not doing the knee walks. Okay, what did Carrie Ann have to say? Oh, Carrie Ann just kind of 
asked him, like, can I give you a hug? Carrie likes to hug contestants once in a while. So Carrie Ann runs around and gives him a hug and says, you know, that was magic. It, she, it really moved her, I guess. And of course, Bruno and, and you know, him, he's got he's to do stuff too. So he hugged Derek and then they, I don't know if he went over and hugged Alfonso, but somebody hugged Alfonso and, and uh, then Daniello got into it. <laughs> It was a hug fest. And I've seen that before a couple times in the history of the show, too. One of them, of course, was when Len was there. And it was so fun watching Len as he was just... I think, in fact, it was the trio dance that Len didn't care for. So he wasn't in a good mood that night anyways. But uh, always fun to see, I don't know, the judges act up a little bit and the hosts, too. Um, So anyways, Carrie Ann said it was magic. Uh, Derek said... Oh, he, he brought up the knee walks. Yeah, and then the hip forward movements, all those are incredibly difficult moves, and they're not natural, you know. Most humans would never do those types of things. So he was uh, very impressed, and he actually said that he he passoed all over that doble, is what Terry said. So he was very happy with it. And then Bruno said, you were a man possessed. And he noticed something that I think a regular person like myself wouldn't notice necessarily. He said the tempo was... Uh, syncopated instead of, of normally it's even, I guess. And I guess doing it syncopated, which is a non, non-consistent tempo, is a much more difficult dance. So Bruno was really impressed with it. And there you go, three tens for a total of 30. Get ready. We're getting near the final, so the 30s might start coming out. Um, up second in the second round is uh, Soshi and Val. And they did a waltz. And... There's not much to say about this, except when I'm watching it, I'm saying just, wow. Uh, So she's the best dancer of this season. Now, is she going to win? We don't know. But best dancer doesn't always win. But I think most of us will agree that she's the best dancer. Um, That was a beautiful dance. She looked fantastic. Beautiful red dress. My gosh. And even in the package, video package beforehand, you know, uh, Val was saying, you know, this dance you're becoming a woman. We've seen you grow up on this show. And boy, it was a fantastic dance. Uh, Derek says, oh yeah, it was kind of sweet. Derek mentioned this. He said, you know, it's a special season for lots of reasons. One of them is this will be our first winner to get the Len Goodman Mirrorball Trophy. And Len would have loved that dance. And he would have. He just said perfect. And uh, Bruno was up next. And oh, before they went to, to Bruno, Alfonso said, carry in, carry in, you have to score. She forgot to put her score in because she was so moved by the dance, which we'll talk about in a second. But they go to Bruno, and Bruno just said, the maturity you've shown this year and the interpretation of the waltz dance, I guess. He says, you're an artist. You are an artist, which is pretty high praise, of course. And then Carrie Ann said, yeah, you touched my heart with that. And she says, you know, you transported me somewhere. And she says, after 32 seasons of judging on this show, that is difficult to do. Uh, Just stunning. And uh, yeah, I know exactly what she means. Uh, You know, uh, even though I haven't judged like she has, I've been there for all 32 seasons too. And just as as Carrie Ann, I've seen all, and I have to to get the exact number, but I've seen all 3,350 dances or whatever we're at. And yeah, to still, still get moved. Uh, by something like that. Uh, I've never done a top 10 waltz. I may have to look into that. <clears throat> We've still got a lot of dances I haven't done top 10s for. I would assume, just, just looking at what I saw there, that that's going to be a top 10 waltz of all time for me because it was stunning. Okay, uh, 
Let's see here. Did I tell you they gave her three tens? I don't know if I did, but yeah, no, no doubt about it. So she got two thirties that night. So for the perfect uh, score of 60. And in the uh, dance, there was some roses there that they kind of tossed out at her feet at the end of the dance. She was in a spotlight, very, very moving ending to the dance. And uh, when they got the scores and go back to Al- Alfonso, He's there, you know, talking to the camera, and somebody's throwing roses at him, and he's diving and trying to fight him off. I, just silly little things like that that I think Alfonso's great at, and uh, so pleased with uh, him being the host this year. Uh, let's see here. Uh, made me laugh a little bit, too. Up uh, up next, the third person in this second round of dances was Charity and Artem, a quick step, another very, very tough dance, you know. Quick's in the name, so you're moving fast around the floor, and, uh, you know, Charity's had issues this year with, with, with the energy and, and the emotion. And Derek still mentioned that in the first dance. So uh, she does her quick step. And Bruno started off and he says, so much sass and pizzazz. The energy and emotion was, was there. And so everybody was excited. And, yeah, it was a really good dance. Boy, um, Charity's finally reached that point, I think. Now she just has to keep it where she does have that energy, she is showing that emotion. And she reminds me of the Olympic gymnasts. You know, they harp on that week after week after week with them. And eventually some of them get it. Some of them never do, but I think she's got it. Now it's really late in the season. So, but with her Bachelor Nation fan base, and if she continues that next week, boy, she's going to be a force. Uh, Let's see, Carrie Ann said, uh, she looked like she was having fun. And when you're having fun, we're having fun. And that's good because they're the judges. So that was very positive. And then Derek stood up and gave him, gave him the Derek Huff long clap. If you guys have seen that, that always is, means good things. And he just said, full of energy, full of excitement. And that's what they wanted from her all season. And so there you go. Her first perfect score, 10, 10, 10, 30. Uh, up next, Allison. And I thought, oh, no, if they give Allison a 32, because a 30 also, because the first three got 30s, and I don't remember who was up last. Ariana, she's probably going to get a 30. And I'm like, oh, unless Allison just, you know, dances out of her mind, guys can't give her a 30. So that's just me being picky again. But, you know, I like separation on the judges' scorecard. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Alfonso did mention the, in the finale next week, too, that... Um, there will be two dances, like always. There's going to be a redemption dance and a uh, freestyle, of course. And Julianne had to say it when they were at the end of the scores for charity. I know they got to keep up. They got to keep up the charade. But she was saying, you know, freestyles can win and lose competitions. Well, yeah, they could. They could have ten years ago on the show, but not anymore. So. <laughs> We'll talk about that again next week when the freestyles come up. But uh, I know it's an old broken record, but it never ceases to amaze me how they still pump that thing up. I know they have to, and that's that's part of it. But Okay, Allison's up fourth in this second round. She was going to do a waltz with, a, uh, with Shasha, her partner. Um, let's just go to the judges. Let's see. Carrie Ann said she was very proud of her. She drew us in with that dance. And then she said, you know, the footwork was just not right in a few places. And, you know, again, I... When I see her, I, I, she's a step down, and I don't know enough to say, well, is it hold? Is it footstep? I mean, I can give my opinions, and I can see some things. But for her, for Carrie Ann, it was the footwork was just not right in a few places. Uh, let's see. Derek said it was her best dance, 
And uh, she lo- he loves everything about her, you know, the epitome of what you want a contestant to be on the show. You come in, you take the criticism, you have a good attitude, you go out there and try to do what the judges tell you to do, and you get better and better. And um, Allison kind of broke down a little bit there because I think it is an unbelievable grind for them. And I think that was just a nice thing for Derek to say, and I think she really appreciated that, that someone sees what what I'm going through and what I'm doing here. And I am taking the criticisms and I'm trying to get better. So that was sweet. And then uh, Bruno said, oh, this was a very lovely waltz. You didn't hurry. You did it your way. The timing was good. No mistakes. And you came out and did it naturally. So he says no mistakes. Carrie Ann said there were a few. Uh, So I didn't know what for for sure what was going to happen with the scoring. But I was pleased because it wasn't a 10 dance and they gave her an 899. So you know, I don't know if it was really a nine dance even, but I'm glad Carrie Ann gave her the eight. Again, you got to you gotta keep it real here. Um, it was interesting when they did flash the scores, Derek said, uh, and it was almost like maybe I took it a little wrong, but he, he kind of said before he flashed the card, he says, you know what, Allison, a nine. And so I don't know if that meant, you know, I'm giving it to you just because you deserve it. You've worked so hard or if it really was a nine dance to him. Doesn't matter. Uh, everyone loves Allison and appreciates what she's doing. And like we've all said, just kind of like the poster child for what uh, the show is about. Okay, up last in this uh, second group of dancings was Ariana and Pasha. They were going to do a foxtrot. Um, as they come out, I love their outfits. They were in this kind of seafoam green color, if that's even a color. And... Uh, uh, you know, I'm so happy for Pasha because he's had a he's got a good dancer this season. He's had a tough draw the first three seasons, and this one he's got a dancer. So I'm I'm happy to see him doing well, and I think he's great at the choreography too, just like his wife. Not as good as her probably because she's amazing, Daniela. But they came out, and this was a foxtrot that to me was a little different. It had some very unique moves in it. The music was different than I'm used to hearing when I hear foxtrot. You know, some of these dances styles you can kind of guess. Oh, it's gonna it's this because the music right away kind of gives it away. But this one threw me a curveball a little bit. And the unique moves in it were very, very good. And to me, that's the greatness of Pasha and his choreography. I really liked it. So I was hoping that the judges would too. But since it was a little different, I was curious to see what they had to say. And Derek said it was smooth, it was sexy, it was sensational. So that made me feel good right away. And he did say there was a lot of foxing going on and a lot of trotting going on. So I think that's another compliment. Um, showed a lot of maturity and elegance in the dance and in the movements. Uh, Bruno said the quality of movement was off the charts, very good. Uh, and there were a lot of foxy movements and uh, hopping and skipping that they threw in, which sometimes you say when you're hopping or skipping through a dance, it, it's not right, it's not good. This was good. And this was part of what made it a unique dance for me. I saw a couple moves in there, like they said, it was kind of a little hop and skip that I'm like, whoa, I've never really seen that or expected that in a foxtrot, but boy, it fit perfectly. And again, the greatness of Pasha coming up with that, I think, and her executing it. And then Carrie Ann just screamed out, she's back. And what a great way um, to uh, end the semis. And she also did mention she certainly appreciated her uh, fighting through that back pain, because I'm sure that's that's a tough thing to do. Uh, and of course, they gave her uh, three tens for a 30. And that was... Uh, not only her first perfect score this season, that's the first perfect score for Pasha in his career. And he was tearing up when he got those three tens. So uh, I'm sure he felt like, yeah, you know, finally I've been recognized for that I can choreograph too, (laughs) 
but uh, that was nice to see. So at the end of the night, they added up the end of the dancing, they added up the scores. And you had uh, Soshi at the top with 60, two perfect scores, Charity 59, Ariana 58, Jason 57. So there you go, the top four, which we expected. At least there's a little separation, not much, but a little bit. And so the judges actually picked a winner that night. I was glad to see that. And then Allison brought up the rear at 51. So um, that's a little bit of a, a gap to overcome. Now, not, not as much for, uh, you know, for Allison to overcome the Jason gap, because that's six points on the uh, judges' scorecard. But a little, each one you went up, it was going to be harder and harder for Allison to stay in the game. So um, who knows what was going to happen, but uh, they uh, brought all five of them out, of course, and they start saying who's safe. And the first person saved was Allison. And I'm in the ballroom, and I'm happy for her, and a lot of people were happy for her, but my first reaction was, oh, no. I thought she would be the one to go. I think dancing ability, of course, she would be the one to go. And I didn't know if she's going to have big fan support or not. So I'm like, oh, no, one of the big four is going home. And then they say the second person safe was Jason. I'm like, wow, I thought he might have been the other one in trouble because Charity's got Bachelor Nation. I don't know what kind of fan base Jason has. So I'm like, who the two that I thought might go home, they're both safe. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not shaping up the way I want it to. And so third person saved, Charity. And I am crestfallen. I'm like, oh, dear God, no. The one thing I didn't want to have happen was that the two best dancers, again, in my opinion, but I, well, no, the judges might have charity second. I don't know. I haven't looked at the judges' overall score, but uh, in my opinion, the two best dancers or my two favorite or whatever you want to call them, one of them's going home. And I was brokenhearted. I was, I was having a great time at the, at the, at the show, as I said, one of my top 10 visits to the show. So it wasn't going to ruin it for me. And I know what the show is these days, but boy, I was feeling pretty low. And if you're watching, if you watch the show, they had a great side-by-side. I couldn't see them up there on third floor very well, but it shows the emotion in all their faces. You know, <laughs> uh, looks like they're going to get sick. Val is squinting his eyes, which I've seen him do before when it's getting close and, you know, bad things could be happening. So uh, Alfonso just says, going to the finals next week. So whoever he mentions is safe and the other one's going home. So he says, going to the finals next week. Dramatic pause. Both of you. <laughs> and everybody's looking around, their eyes got big, and I think everybody just had a share of jubilation in the ballroom. We were all jumping up and down. And I was so thankful that one of my two favorites didn't go home. And at least in my opinion, one of the two be- two of the two best dancers, one of them didn't go home. So uh uh right away I'm thinking, holy mackerel, we've never had a five-person finale before. And sure enough, they mentioned that later. I've never had that. And um, I, I, so I'm thinking to myself too, while they're kind of saying goodbye and everything before I could get, think about it, I guess, um, Alfon- Alfonso mentioned, he says, next week we will be taking over the entire a- ABC prime time. And right away I thought, oh, they're going to do a three hour show and everything fell into place. Then I'm like, oh, okay. That's how they're going to fit in all this stuff they've been talking about. You know, the Mark and Charlie, the former contestants, the Jason number, the, the surprises, the Julianne and Alfonso dance, not to mention five people now in the finale. So they're going to need uh, the, the full three hours. And of course, um, 
I, I think it's fine. I have no problem with it all, especially since the final two, whether they were the two lowest or not, we never know, of course. But since one of them was going to go home, I'm like, oh, no, let's, let's do, let them all go through and let's let the fans decide next week. Um, and of course, on social media right away, all the conspiracy theories about, oh, you know, uh, they didn't want Allison in the finals and she was going to be. And so they, this is the only way they could get around it or lots of crazy things out there, you know, that producers didn't get who they wanted. So they just decided to do this. And I don't buy into all that and I don't play into all that. I think that's part of what's wrong with society in general is that we always look for negativity and everybody's got an angle and bad things right away. So who do I do? Who do I go to when I need uh, the sensible uh, discussion of Dancing with the Stars? my old friend, Kristen Burt. So I went and looked her up and she set them straight. She said, listen, this is a big show with a lot of moving parts to it. And this was decided a long time ago. You don't decide at the last minute, oh, we're going to go three hours without telling ABC and ABC being all on board about it. And just all the different Mackin machinations. I don't know if that's a word or not. We're not going to say that's the word of the day because I don't know if I'm using it right. Oh, we haven't had one yet, have we? I don't think so. But no, we're not going to do that one. But all the machinery, yeah. I, I agree completely with what she said. You know, this was this was a planned surprise. And they planned this probably who knows how long ago. But they got to get ABC's approval and all that stuff. And uh, Conrad, the executive producer, genius. High five from me. Um, you got me. <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm always kind of gullible, even with this, even still with the show after all these years, but I was not seeing that. Obviously, never had a five-person finale, but this is another example of, okay, Conrad, you guys can do what you want with these rules, you know. You can make them <laughs> fit your purpose so we don't have a Bobby Bones ever happen again, but that's a different story. Maybe next week we'll get into that. So anyways, very, very happy. And then as they were leaving, Julianne said, all the judges' scores and viewer votes will carry over to next week. And that's a big, big thing, especially for Allison, because the more points you have, and there's a whole mathematical formula you can do. And I used to do this all the time in the old days, but you know, when the start show started going downhill, I, I lost my zest for it. And uh, I quit doing a lot of stuff I used to do. But when you have more points like that, um, and you have somewhere to go with your points, meaning Allison was at 51, she can improve next week. All the rest can't improve much. You know, so she had 60. She can't get any better. So Allison has the opportunity to improve more next week. The judges are usually more lenient that last week. And that's going to help her overcome any judges gap. So she'll have a better mathematical chance to win, meaning she won't need as many fan votes as she would have if, if the finale was just two dances. Now it's going to be four dances plus all the votes and so forth. So it's a long story, but that's good news for Allison if you're an Allison fan. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm super stoked that we're going to, that we didn't lose anybody and I uh, can't wait for the finale. Okay, what time is it? Ooh, we're going late tonight, folks. Because, sorry for the water break, we, we have to do a top 10. Um, you know how I love the top tens, and I, I teased it last week too. Tonight we're going to do the top ten worst freestyles in the history of the show. How apropos! We got freestyles next week, and you know that's my bugaboo. And I did, I did hesitate calling it worst freestyles, but I just thought, well, I could do. Tell you what, we'll we'll do we'll compromise. 
How about the top 10 worst slash disappointing freestyles in the history of the show? Because it's split about halfway down. Five of them, I think, were... Um, is it more than five? No, five of them were extremely disappointing to me because they were good dancers and they just fell flat, the freestyle. And five of them were just, they weren't good freestyles. They were part of the worst, I would say. Now, uh, this list, um, another reason I love it, is going to have a lot of old school stuff in it because... We've talked about this. And we, I think I mentioned it again the, at the very first week, and we'll talk about it again next week. But I'm going to bring, bring it up here. Maybe I won't talk about it next week too much since I'm going to bring it up here real quick. Um, the freestyle used to matter. In the early stages of the show, and I'm starting to call the early stages now seasons 1 through 18. I used to say 1 through 15 because that was about the halfway mark. If you have 30 shows, 15 is half. But since we're zooming along here, and hopefully we'll have a 33 next year, I'm doing 1 through 18 because that's that was when Conrad was there the first time around. Conrad Green, the executive producer. And things started changing after he left, um, and especially in the freestyle. It's, it's stunning. And just a couple of the numbers here. Uh, the first 18 seasons, I think I did this in week one, but to refresh your memory or if you weren't listening, uh, this was Conrad's first or the first 18 seasons before he left. Uh, we had 25 perfect scores out of 55 freestyles for a rate of 45%. So less than half of the freestyles were given 10s. That's the way it should be. Assuming that you, you have bad, not so, not 10 dances. Okay, get ready for this. Since Conrad left, 19 through 31, I know he was here last year. Yeah, last year. But anyways, uh, 48 freestyles. 43 perfect scores. Give me a break. 90%. <laughs> no. Um, no. There weren't 90% perfect free scales in the last 13 years. So, uh, 13 seasons. So, the freestyle does not matter like it once does. Um, unless Conrad's talked to the judges and say, we're making a difference this year. But I doubt it because... We saw the second round of the semifinals, all 10s except for Allison. And if they give 10s to Allison next week, again, that's, I love her to death, but uh, unless she has some kind of miracle discovery and hits every beat and does everything perfect next week, she shouldn't be getting 10s. She's a notch below everyone. And, you know, this is my old bugaboo. When the judges give everybody 10s, they don't pick a winner, and it becomes 100% popularity. So, anyways, just a little numbering there I wanted to <laughs> throw out again. So, let's go to the top 10 well, worst freestyles. And I'm going to do an honorable mention here. And this one still sticks in my craw. I know I need to get over it, but I love the show. And stuff sticks in my craw that doesn't stick in other people's craw because they don't watch the show as much as me or... You know, I guess obsess about it like I do. Honorable mention, uh, last year, uh, Gabby Windy and Val's Freestyle. Yes, I know I mentioned it in week one. Uh, for those of you who weren't there, don't remember. This was a rehash. It was a cell block tango, uh, a rehash of a dance that uh, Val did with Lori Hernandez in season 23, and it was an Argentine tango. And it was great because Lori's one of the top 10 women of all time probably. So Gabby, I'm sorry, so Val trots out this cell block tango for Gabby last year and my mouse on the ground because what did what did Gabby just say? 
we need to knock this out of the park. We got, or no, we have to think outside the box. We have to show the judges something they haven't seen before. Now, she probably didn't know about this thing in season 23, but the judges certainly did. Val certainly did. Jenna certainly did, who supposedly helped him choreograph this thing last year with Gabby. And a stunning give up, in my opinion, and we went over some of the reasons why it could have happened, and I'm not going to go through that again. But the reason I wanted to bring it up as an honorable mention is because, Val, I know you listen to this podcast. You know you have the best dancer this season. You know you have a delightful person that all of us love. You have to come up with a good freestyle for her. End of story. No more mailing it in like he did with Gabby last year. Last year, and I don't think he will. I think I don't think he'll mail it in. I think he will come up with something because he knows he's got the best. And just like his brother Max, who knew he had the best in season eighteen, and they had a very nice freestyle. I think Val will bring it. Bring it next week. So, little warning there, Val. You need to bring it. Now I know he knows. Okay, let's get to number ten. Okay, these uh, first three here on my list will be more on the. I hate to say worse, but not good freestyles. I had low expectations for these three, and they delivered. So uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. And again, since since they just give everybody tens in the latter half, I've only got a couple here in the latter half of the show's history because it's hard to go back and say, well, you know, you gave so-and-so a 30. It wasn't that good. But I just decided to stick with the earlier part of the show's history for when they, when the judges gave real critiques. That way, you can listen to the judges say it rather than me say it. Okay, number 10. This is going back to season 17. Uh, Bill Engvall, who was, you know, one of the very first... Oh, and by the way, you know, I've, I've the last two weeks, we did, what, top 10 oldest, top 10 youngest. That was more of a factually-based thing. This, of course, strictly my opinion, so don't... Uh-oh. There it is again. <laughs> the opinion alert rears its ugly head. Yeah, I went, went to that well again. Uh, this is very opinionated. And so you're not going to probably like some of my choices and you're going to have your own list, but you know the story. It's my podcast, so it's my list. So here we go. Okay, Bill Igbal, he was the guy. He set off that alarm we just heard uh, back in season 17 for me. That was, it was, wasn't the very first time, but it was the loudest alarm for me is that, okay, Dancing with the Stars show, we have to be careful here. We're getting dancers that aren't very good into the finale, which he got into. And I was scared to death um, that he was going to pull that off. But I got nothing against Bill. He's a good dancer. I'm not a good dancer. He's, he's a good guy. He was fun on the show. I loved having him on the show. A lot of comedic relief. Um, but he shouldn't have been in the finale. Simple as that. He did a uh, Indiana Jones, no, no audio here. He did an Indiana Jones theme, uh, very comedic. Uh, he tears his shirt off at the end, which was very funny. For some reason, it's funny to see, I think he was late 50s, old men tear their shirt off and act full of bravado, you know, and he was flexing. And I remember Carrie Ann, they showed her, and she was just like laughing so hard. It's something very funny about that. We're not making fun of them. It's just funny to see older men do that. And I can say old man because I'm, I'm with you, Bill. I'm your age or whatever, close to it. Uh, but, you know, I had low expectations and yeah, it, it delivered, but it was entertaining. It was a lot of fun. And, and the judges were all positive too. But the difference was they were all positive, but they scored him appropriately. 
And uh, the only negative thing in the in the uh, audio, I didn't ha- I don't have the audio here, but Carrie Ann said was, you know, the dancing is what it is, and we all knew that. And but she said, well, how much entertainment was that? And loved it, and cute and entertaining, and all that stuff. But they scored him uh, um, an eight nine eight for a total of twenty five. And of course, you would you'll never see an eight again in a freestyle. Although who knows if the judges are scoring appropriately? Maybe next week with Allison. But anyways, that that ties for the. Third lowest score in the history of freestyles, a 25 for Bill Engvall. And Emma was his partner. I believe that was Emma's first season, uh, season 17. But if you want some comedic element, go back and watch that. Uh, number nine, this is going way back, season 11, uh, Bristol Palin and her partner Mark, Mark Ballas. And this is one of two missteps for Mark Ballas here that I have. There's another person that Mark had in the freestyle that he kind of Missed the mark, I, I would say. And guess what? We just talked about the cell block tango that Gabby and Val had, and then earlier Lori and, and Val had. This was probably the first time, I don't know for sure, but season 11, they played the cell block uh, tango dance or song from the musical Chicago. And if you guys don't know what that is, go back and watch the Lori Hernandez one. You'll get a, a feel for it. It's a very sexy, sensual dance. The women are dressed very provocatively, um, and there's a lot of sexy, sensual moves in it. And for those of you that knew the Bristol Palin story, this was ridiculous. Why would Mark do this? This was a bad choice because at that time, especially, I think she was all about, you know, abstinence for teen sex, you know, just don't have sex. No matter that I had a kid out of wedlock and then I had another kid out of wedlock. Don't worry about that. <laughs> just uh, abstain from having it. And, you know, they made a big point out of, I guess her moral beliefs or something. And then Mark picks the cell block tango for her, which is, like I said, a very in-your-face, sexy dance. And that, that was not appropriate for her that whole season. And, you know, you can go back and look at it if you want. They, they had a lot of fabric in it. There was fabric between uh, Mark and uh, Bristol, and they did a lot of winding each other up and pulling each other around on it. it not much dancing, really. It was just a lot of moving around and I'm not saying she's not sexy or couldn't be sexy sexy but she was not trying that season to be and again it's just a very odd choice uh for that uh freestyle and they gave her also just like Bill they gave her an 898 and the judges kind of said the same thing you know the, number 1 this is a very known dance we know what the dance is and we know how it's supposed to be done and you don't pick that to do on Dancing with the Stars unless you have a fantastic dancer like Lori Hernandez. But, yeah, Mark just missed the boat on that one. So, anyways, Bristol Palin, Mark Ballas, season 11, my ninth worst freestyle of all time. Uh, number eight, there's our old buddy Mark again. You know, I love Mark. I'm not picking on him. These are just a couple of misfires on his part. Going back to season 18, this was him. He and his partner, Candace Cameron Beret, and they did a disco theme freestyle. And Mark should have known better by season 18. Let me give you a hint, all you pros out there. I know all the pros are probably around a radio listening to this right now. Not a radio. Computer? Where do you listen to podcasts? I guess, can you listen to them on a radio? I don't know how it works. Uh, (laughs) You pros, here's a little inside uh, thing. Disco doesn't do well on this show. And it pains me to say it because you know I love disco music. 
But you find me the disco routine that the judges and the fans love. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It doesn't come to mind, I'll tell you that. And I can think of three or four that come to mind that do not, did not resonate well. Um, and they tried it. They, they tried a disco theme. And again, this was season 18. I, I think Mark should have known better. I actually do have some uh, judges' comments for you on this one, I believe. Um, yeah. Well, just let's listen to the judges, and then I'll say something if it needs to be said. <laughs> Carrie Ann. You go, girl. You went for it. I mean, you did not hold anything back. You went for all the lifts full out. Unfortunately, uh, Jameric Wyatt, that song is like one of the grooviest songs ever. And any of dancers knows what it feels like to dance. I don't feel like you connected to the music. Everything around you was grooving and hitting it. any of those this you went for it that was a shining moment for you yeah all right and the audience didn't connect to you carry on but there you go well i admire your tenacity you came out you've had injuries and this and that but you came out full on flat out and you were your I love a disco diva, and you went for it with gusto. Throw all your cares in the air. Girls just want to have fun. What the hell is the finale? You know, of course, there are some points Karian is right. You know, when you have this kind of very rhythmical, I told you that before, dances, you've got to be on that beat. You cannot be a millisecond behind. And it takes lots of experience, but I mean, great job, great fun. All right, dear. Isn't that something to hear Carrie Ann and Bruno actually critique a freestyle? You young folks out there, this is what actually happened back in the day. They judged to the very end, and I loved it so much. Um, and, and you don't have to be mean or anything. You know, Len just was very positive in that, but then he escorted it appropriately. They gave her three eights, so something, again, you'll never see probably, again, unless something changes in the scoring and the... Uh, approach to freestyle scoring. But yeah, they gave her three eights for 24. That's tied for the second lowest score in the history of freestyles. And no offense to Candace or Bristol or Bill, the first three on my list, none of them should have been in the final. Um, Candace was probably the best of those three, but Danica McKellar should have finished before her in that season. And we're not going to get into all how she got to uh, uh, the finale, but uh, yeah, it, it so I didn't expect too much from those three, and I didn't get too much from those three. Okay, let's go to number seven. This is one of the most disappointing ones. I think we got four or five of those coming up. Uh, talk about going back. How many of you folks out there can say you were in front of your little TV set in season two and you watched the freestyles of season two? I see a few hands going up out there, but probably not too many. Uh, yes, of course, I was there and saw it, and that was the year of the incredible freestyle of Drew Lachey and Cheryl Burke, which is still an iconic one. He broke the mold. Well, there was one that season that was unbelievably disappointing, and it was Stacy Keebler and Tony Dovolani was her pro partner way back in season two. And guess what? It was a disco theme. What did I just say? Yeah. Now, I got to give Tony a break here because that's probably one of the first disco themes there was in the show's history. And he wouldn't have known by then that it wasn't going to go over very well. But there's just something about that. The disco theme doesn't do well. Oh, and by the way, another hint for you pros out there. The country and Western theme seems to go over very well. So it's very big dichotomy there. You've got the disco theme that doesn't go over well and the country music theme that does. So think about that going forward. But Stacey Keebler, 
just a gorgeous woman, the best dancer of the season that season. Drew was great. Drew Lachey had no problem with him winning, but Stacey was a better dancer. She had legs for days, just a great dancer. And we had high expectations, I think, because she was that good. And this is just one of those that the high, the expectations were never met. And I do have uh, some audio for that. And this is going way back. Listen to season two audio of, of the judges here talking about the freestyle of Stacy and Tony. Well, literally. <laughs> All right, carry on. You know, I, I actually truly appreciate that you went for that lift at the end there. I know that yeah, was a very difficult yeah. list. But, you know, you've been the best dancer from day one, and I've been so looking forward to your freestyle because that's where you get to let loose. I was a little disappointed. I felt like it was kind of more like a jazz tune. No, I wouldn't expect any different from you. Of course, uh, I know, Tony. I love you too. Right, well, Tony, you're not going to get much different from uh, me. You started with a, like a line dance, then you did a bit of hustle. The lift was great. Stacey, you are such a great dancer, and it's your own fault. You've set the standard for yourself. I was expecting so much more. Once I do agree, because usually I was expecting it was John Travolta and your Olivia Neutron bomb here, but the bomb didn't quite explode to the full extent I'm coming to expect. We all coming to expect from you. It's very hard when you set a standard that is so high. You, we really come to expect fireworks right. from you. It and was this still wasn't, a great performance. It still okay. was very good. All right. But you know, slightly under. All right, stay here. For yeah, um, they scored her fairly well, I thought. Uh, eight nine nine for a total of 26. I think Carrie Ann was right there. I wouldn't have given her more than an 8. And it's not her fault. Um, the choreography wasn't great. It's in that disco movement thing. Um, they they go back and watch it. it. They look like they're moving in quicksand or something. There was no energy to it. And this is a disco theme. It, it, it defied logic. So... I, I don't know what they would score it today, but the judges were on it there. They gave her 899 for a total of 26. So Stacy and Tony, season two. My seventh worst freestyle. Number six, this is more recent. Going back to season 26, that short aborted season. Uh, the champion, Adam Rippon and his partner Jenna. Uh, he's lucky he was the champion that year because this freestyle, ugh, uh, I did not care for it at all. The judges scored it better than I thought they would or should. Um, I think there was still that late season thing, like, well, we still got to score them well, even though I just didn't like this dance at all. It was a very quirky song, a very weird outfit that they were wearing. Um, I thought the choreography wasn't very good. And, you know, Adam is a great dancer, so it was okay what he did. It's just, it was all very goofy to me. And let's just listen to what the judges had to say. See what the judges have to say, Carrie Ann. Okay. Um, your style was incredible. It was brave. It was definitely a choice. I can't fault you for what you did, but I feel like I was missing something. You have led this competition with incredible dancing. And tonight, it wasn't even... Okay, this was all about being in sync together. And there were moments where I saw you blank out a little bit and watch Jenna, which I've never seen from you before. But you have been such an incredible performer, and I have enjoyed watching you every step of the way. All right, Lynn. Well, what it lacked in convention, it made up for in invention. It was so uh, modern and to the point. Listen, I'm, I'm an old ballroom guy, so I always have problems with freestyle sometimes. I somehow thought that this bulk 
Okay, I'm not going to go on any further. Uh, Bruno fell all over and gave him a 10. I don't know what was going on there. But they gave him a 9-9-10 for a total of 28. And, you know, maybe Allison next week, but I don't know how many more times we're going to see that, the way things are going these days. But uh, uh, you don't have to, again, have to be mean. Just to, You can be whatever you want. Be positive about it, but it just say, you know, I was disappointed it wasn't quite what – expected out of her freestyle and he's such a good dancer and i think carrie ann mentioned that anyways adam and jenna jenna was his partner by the way uh 28 points in uh, season 26 for my sixth worst freestyle and again that's more of a more of a disappointing freestyle although i thought it was pretty bad too <laughs> uh let's go back uh, number five another incredibly disappointing one uh season nine going way back again this was the year Donnie Osmond won, and Donnie was probably going to win no matter what. So, I, you know, I don't know if if it would have made a difference. I don't think it would have at all, but you still wanted to see a great freestyle. And this is, by the way, Maya and Dimitri Chaplin are partner. Dimitri is only a pro for, gosh, I should have looked this up, three or four or five seasons, I think. Um, Maya was one of those one-named persons, singer, I think. Gorgeous woman, the best dancer by far in season nine. But I didn't have a problem with Donnie winning because to me, as long as you can dance well, you know, Donnie could entertain and he was such a showman that I had no problem with him winning at all. Uh, but I wanted to see the freestyle from Maya because she was so good. And this was the classic case. And they played a little video clip, you know, before the freestyle of the pro and the celebrity not agreeing. Maya came on and said, you know, I want to do something kind of Vegas style and and spread my wings and do an outrageous thing. And Dimitri was like, uh, I think we should play it safe. You know, we need to do something from the musical hairspray of all things. And, you know, that's a bad thing too. When you when you do an iconic dance from an iconic show or something, the judges have always said, we have it in our mind the way that should look. And unless you really, really knock it out of the park when you dance, it's not going to be a good comparison probably. Um, and they went back and forth and back and forth, and then Maya kind of caved to Dimitri, and they went with his idea. And, you know, I would say, how about another tip for the pros out there? Yes, you're the boss, and you can ride herd over your celebrity all the way to the finale. But once they get to the finale, they've won all the money they can win, and if they want to do something for themselves and they think it's going to help them win the mirror ball. Even if they don't want to win the mirror ball, they just want to dance what they want to dance. I think you should let them do it. And this was a good example of that I think her heart probably wasn't in it. Now, she's a fantastic dancer, and it was an okay freestyle and what have you. But something was missing, and it, it, it just they played it too safe. And that was their discussion, you know. Maya was actually saying, no, I want to, I want to take a chance. I want to do something out of the ordinary, and she got what a freestyle was supposed to be. And uh, Dimitri obviously missed the boat. I've got a little audio from then. This is back in season nine. Let's see if it'll play. This is one of those weird things. We're gonna try it. Yeah, it was, you know, okay. High energy, fun, but not outstanding to me. It's, look, you do hairspray. If you do hairspray, it was done so well the first time, you're competing with that imagery in people's mind. Adam Shankman did a great job the first time. You're competing with that when you do this. It's a different style. And in my mind, I just felt like it didn't, it didn't showcase you, Maya. Right. You're so much more than that. All I right, Len. Well, it's clear well, that you have a, a great dance talent, but I'm 100% I'm with Carrie Ann here. It, there was a sameness about it all. It never went anywhere. It was all this and that. 
and it had a sameness about it throughout. And I was expecting something to happen, and it never happened. All right, it Bruno. Well, you had all the vibrancy, the vivacity, the joy of the song and the period. You're on the beat, right on, all the way through. You'll never lose it. You're a great dancer. But I tend to agree. At this stage from you, I was expecting something a little bit more spectacular. All right. But it okay. wasn't bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Having said that. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Let's have a hand with the fine folks who've been with our finalists every step of the way. Our yeah, there you go. They said it all. Uh, just very disappointing. It was a fun dance, and she's good, but... We expected more. So uh, they gave uh, Maya and Dimitri three nines for a 27. And that's my fifth, let's call this one, most disappointing freestyle uh, in the history of the show. Uh, number four, going to the season right after, season 10. This is my fourth most uh, disappointing freestyle because that's what this was. It wasn't bad again. It just was very disappointing. Um, this is Evan Lysacek and his partner, Anna. And this was another disagreement. They played the video clip and they were going different directions, what the pro wanted and what the celebrity wanted. And uh, this was a tough one. Anna was actually shown crying and stuff. She was freaking out a little bit because they couldn't agree on what to do in the freestyle. So they eventually brought in a choreographer, you know, from off the show to come in and mediate them. And they kind of just, I don't know, they decided about a halfway thing, I guess, is what it was. And you know how that goes. When you're trying to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. And they tried to please each other a little bit by doing something a little of both of what they wanted. And it just did not work. And uh, here's the judges. Let's start with our judges. Bruno, right to you. You were demented. I don't know if I was watching Footloose or Screwloose. You were jumping about. You look like you were bitten by a tarantula. I know you want it very, very badly, but you have to be very, very careful because what you lose is the precision and the slickness. And at this stage, is very, very important. Right. You went for it, though, okay. I must say. Carry on. I hate to do this to you because, Anna, you've done a great job with Evan this whole season, but that was odd. I mean, really, when you do side-by-side -side dancing, you have to match your lines. You guys were, like, dancing two completely separate dances. Great energy, though, and beautiful last lift. All right, Len. Well, I think you took the path of least resistance. I don't think it was really what you wanted to do, Anna. I don't think it was what you wanted to do, Evan. And it certainly wasn't what I wanted to see. So, there you have it. All right, guys. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> that pretty much says it all. Um, yeah. They tried to please each other, and you end up pleasing no one. They gave them a score of 24. Evan finished in second place in season 10. Now, even with a great score, he probably wasn't going to beat Brooke Burke. Was that Brooke Burke? No, that wasn't Brooke Burke. Boy, I am a little jet-lagged. Um, season 10 was Nicole Scherzinger. My goodness. Uh, both Derek partners, by the way. But... Um, she was fantastic. Heck, I have Nicole, I think, is the top five female of all time. I'd have to go back and figure all that out and look at that list. But uh, that's not the point. Evan was a great dancer. And heck, I think he has a top 10 Argentine tango of mine. I think he has the number one paso of all time. We, didn't we just do that list earlier in the year? I think we did. And uh, I loved them both. And I was expecting so much. 
And boy, it just, yeah, fell flat. But again, it's so refreshing to hear the judges actually judge the freestyle. I wish I could send this top 10 list to Conrad and say, don't you want this? Or do we just want everybody gets a trophy at the end? I, ugh. okay, I'm not going there. <laughs> I kind of did, didn't I? Uh, let's see here. Three eights is what they gave Evan and Anna. That's not going to be seen again, probably, uh, for a total of 24. That's the it's tied for the second lowest score in the freestyle history. And they were number four on my list. Number three, no audio here. I don't even want to talk about it much because we've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, this would normally be number one for me, but the other two were so <laughs> disappointing and bad that they beat it. This is a season 27 champion, Bobby Bones, and his partner, Sharna. You know, they were rubber stamped to 10. Um, very entertaining freestyle, but awful dancing. No dancing in it, really. And uh, we all know the Bobby Bones story, so I'm not going to go any further on that. Uh, number three of all time, season 27, Bobby and Sharna. Uh, number two, and again, going pretty far back, and this is one of the most disappointing freestyles. Well, it is my most disappointing freestyle of all time. Hence, it's heck, it's number two. Number one was just something odd that we'll talk about in a minute. But number two, this is the most disappointing freestyle in the history of the show for me. Going back to season eight, uh, Gilles Marini and his partner Cheryl. Talk about a misfire for Cheryl. Cheryl had won twice by then. Uh, with Emmett and with Drew and had good freestyles with them because she played to their strengths. For whatever reason, she picked everything wrong on this, in my opinion. And I love Cheryl. This is not being mean to her. This is just my opinion that I thought she really dropped the ball here. If you remember Gilles, he's, he's the Latin lover looking guy. Very uh, alpha male, uh, very dominating, very James Bond looking when he was in a tuxedo. In other words, the ladies love looking at him and watching him dance, and I can see why. I believe Jill still holds the record for the highest per dance average among men. Um, and that's impressive uh, after our 32 seasons here, because no one's going to beat it this year for sure. Uh, and this was his season to win. This was season eight. Now, Sean Johnson won, and she's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I think I still have her as a top 10 female of all time. But Sean got better over the season. Gilles was great from the beginning. So, yeah, again, this was Gilles to lose. He had the demographic voting for him. I mean, I know everybody loves Olympic gymnasts, but the alpha male, good-looking guy, uh, how could you not like him if you were a female voting on this show? Uh, of course, fantastic dancer. Um, he's still, I'm sure, let's see here. I, yeah, I would have him still as a top five male of all time in the history of the show. Well, for some reason, Cheryl didn't go that route to show off his masculinity. She did everything to tamp it down. This was a very effeminate dance. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that necessarily. It's just you don't do that when you've got the alpha male and you play to his strengths. Yeah, I get thinking outside the box and doing something a little different, but my God, she picked the uh, move, or was the song? What a Feeling by from the movie uh, Flashdance. And that's a very feminine-dominated movie to begin with and dance. Um, so everything was wrong here. The, the song choice was wrong. Then for some reason, she dresses Gilles up in like 80s workout attire. He's got a T-shirt on that goes way up close to his shoulder blade. It didn't look good on him. And then they had like cuts through the middle of it, kind of a fashion statement, I guess, for workout gear of the day. So that was bad. 
uh, the choreography, the things he had to do in it were awful. Again, she just had him doing weird things. There was one point in it. Go back and watch this if you haven't seen it. Uh, where he's he's running around the, the dance floor and he, he points to the judges. He, he, he extends his arms out and his index finger and he does a very effeminate move where he's pointing to the judges, not once, but twice. And for some reason, probably because we all saw, what are you doing with this? They showed the judges and even Bruno looked at the other judges and put his hands over his, eye, his eyes like, what the heck was that? Um, if you haven't seen it, you got to go back and watch it. And the reason I say this is the most disappointing is because, number one, he should have won that season. It was his to win or lose in this case. And they did mention then at the end of the voting, this is only season eight, so I don't know if they had any super close ones before it, but they mentioned at the time that this was the closest vote in the history of the show at that point. And so when uh, Julianne mentioned tonight that, hey, freestyles can win a losing season, well, yeah, they could 10 years ago, and this proved the point. I think he lost the season based on that freestyle. The judges, um, for some reason, Len was crazy and gave him a 10. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, let's listen to the judges here, and you'll hear uh, Bruno and Carrie Ann give a, uh, a critique with, like, question marks over their head. And I, this is one of those weird ones, too, again. Let's see if it works. I think this freestyle has proved to, well, to me, and I hope to everyone else, you are a real dancer. All right. Bruno! Gilles is going retro fun. Great, great performance, but I have to say, I wanted a little bit more dancing from you. Yeah, more actual dancing. The performance was great. I'm not saying that wasn't good, it was fantastic, but because of what I've seen coming from you before, I was expecting a little bit more. Right. I'm sorry. I'm Carrie Ann. No, you know, I'm going to agree with Bruno. I mean, it's, I, I found it an odd choice. Flashdance is about the female dancer, and I would want to see... I mean, yeah, you make a great Alex, but it was kind of, it was just an odd choice. You're a phenomenal dancer. I would have loved to see so much more from you. Yeah, and, and the judges have to say it. You are amazing because he was. He was dominant that season. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me. I want to say Gilles won that season on the judges' scorecard by like a point and a half. That's just absurd. That rarely happens. You know, I think it's happened a couple times. I think Christy Yamaguchi had it over a point and Brooke Burke had it over a point. But if you win the competition by more than a point on the judges' scorecard, you are a heck of a dancer. And, man, even as good a dancer he was, he couldn't pull that thing out of the ditch. Now, the judges were still nice to him. Like I said, Lynn was crazy that night. He gave him a 10, but uh, you heard Carrie Ann and Bruno, and they gave him nines for a total of 28, but I spent a lot of time on that, but boy, yeah, that's the most disappointing freestyle in the history of the show for me. Gilles and Cheryl, season eight. Okay, let's go to the worst freestyle. Um, my God, <laughs> again, going way back, season five. If you guys have watched the show since season five, you probably know where I'm going with this. Marie Osmond and her partner, Jonathan Roberts. Jonathan was an early pro, I want to say, kind of like Dimitri, five or six or seven years maybe. I don't think Dimitri had that many, but um, he was gone by season 10, I think. But, jeez, uh, this was awful. Marie was a doll maker back then. I don't know if she still makes dolls or not, but she would go on the shopping channels and do dolls. Well, she dressed up as a doll, and, you know, some of us, 
Myself, yeah, I'm talking about myself here. We have phobias of like dolls and clowns. I don't know what it is about them. I, I mean, I can guess some things. And of course, horror movies are made about them. And uh, it wasn't a cute, cute doll that she dressed up as. It was very creepy, I thought. Um, there was no dancing in it. It was basically, she was a wind-up doll and Jonathan like had a key in her back and wound her up and she did a lot of robotic moves and a lot of marionette things where Jonathan was kind of like controlling her movements. Ugh, no dancing, just creepy, creepy, creepy. And uh, this thing got the lowest score ever in the history of the show. Let's listen to what the judges have to say. <laughs> and uh, I'm so proud of them for letting her have it. And Marie, boy, she wasn't having it. She gave it right back to him. She talked back to him a couple times. You may hear it here. But this is going way back. Season five, Marie and Jonathan. Start with uh, Len Goodman. Len? Well, you know, what's happened here has happened to me in the past. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a good like idea. A you think this is a good idea. Let's put it on the dance floor. And when it comes out, it somehow doesn't work. I don't buy and, it. And I'm sorry. I'm Look. not buying it. I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I like to watch you. You give me pleasure. But I've got to say, this routine for me didn't happen. All right, Bruno. <laughs> this is the loopiest thing I have ever seen. You better believe it. It, it defies criticism. It's like Baby Jane and the Bride of Chucky. <laughs> I, 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 how can I criticize it? It's not a dance. It's a turn. It's very entertaining, but... It's Marie is, is, is unique. He's unique. All right, Jerry Ann. That was my favorite. That was my yeah, favorite. I, like the the I, like I will the give you. I will give you that you are a risk taker, and I think everybody here has learned so much from watching you perform because you are the queen performer. Okay. Thank you. However, okay. I'm going to agree with the guys, and sometimes, you know, as you know, we go through our creative careers. Sometimes we just make some odd choices, and that one was just uh, not the best. I'm a I think we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Even Tom's at the end like, yeah, I think we all know that. Uh, just a very, very, very weird, bizarre freestyle. They gave her the lowest score in the history of it. We'll never see this again. An 877 for a total of 22. Um, I don't think anyone will ever usurp uh, Marie for that. Usurp? Did I just say usurp? I never used that word. You know what? At this late stage, we got another word of the day. Yeah, what I mean by usurp, if it's used properly, no one will ever take that mantle of worst freestyle ever away from her. Uh, again, if you haven't seen it, gosh, go back and uh, be prepared to uh, do a lot of cringing as you watch it. Uh, I think Bruno said something about the bride of Chucky in there. <laughs> That's... That's about right. It was it was very strange. Okay, anyways, there we go. That's my worst freestyle of all time, Marie Osmond, season five. I hope you guys liked it. I had a blast doing it. It was nice hearing the judges. So nice hearing the judges critique a freestyle. Oh, if we could go back to those days. Okay, let's finish this thing up. I'm sorry this is so late. I just, I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I still have the afterglow of my trip out to LA, I guess, because I loved that trip so much. I'm so happy about everything on that trip. I just want to talk about this show forever, I guess. But uh, uh, this is going to be longer than I wanted. I'm sorry, though. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, what do we got here? Oh, word of the day. I just had one, didn't I? So, okay, mark that down. And in my notes here, I need to change that because I just, I just added one. 
I show that we have nine words now. I did have eight. Nine words of the day. Yeah, counting the ones we just had um, for our list this year. So, um, yeah. I hope I'm not wrong. I don't think I am. But anyways, that's what I show is nine. And if you guys come up with the nine words and there was really 10, then I'm going to give you nine words because I'm not not really positive. I think so, though. I'm pretty sure it's nine words. Anyways, this is the word of the day contest. It's time to end our contest, too. So forgive me. We're going to go a little bit longer here as I explain all this. Um, By the way, if you want to get in the contest, um, you can write to me, email me at dwtsp, the number one, at yahoo.com. This, remember, this is how you enter the contest. There's four, five, excuse me, <clears throat> five letters. D-W-T-S-P, the number one, at yahoo.com. So if you want to get in the word of the day contest, this is for, you. basically you just regurgitate all nine words. That's where we're going with that I had this year. Remember, I was just, I would come up with words sometimes when I say them, just like we just did. And I'm like, I never used that word, but I think it fits here. So you'll just tell me those nine words. And if uh, uh, only one person gets them right, they, they've won the contest. And the contest is for a trip again, but it's to a multiple different options here. It can be a tour stop. The tour is coming up, you know, uh, January 11th, I believe through March 26th. So you can get the payoff quickly if you want to go to a tour stop. Uh, the Derek tour, I believe, ends... December 29th, so we're not going to have time to do that, unfortunately. Uh, I got a busy December and the holidays and all that stuff. So if Derek does another tour next year, you can wait and go to that if you just love Derek. Um, By the way, I was going to say you could do a Max and Val thing. I saw something today in my email while I was on the plane, and I didn't look at it in detail, but it was a a notice that says, Savor After Dark is coming back. That was the thing I went to in Napa Valley last year to uh, see Max and Val. It was their own show, their show, kind of a cabaret throwback. I loved it. We talked about it, I think, in week one. But uh, if you're a Max or Val fan, you would like this maybe. Although when I looked at the email that I got today, they had a little picture there of, you know, the dance and dance, or just the venue and a couple people dancing. And they only had Val in the picture. And I didn't see any mention of Max's name. So I'm starting to wonder, maybe Max is going to set this out. And it would be just Val only, along with a lot of other dancers, of course. But they would be the—he'd be the only one we know. Although I wouldn't be a bit surprised unless Jenna gets pregnant again. She might be part of it, his wife. But um, and Max may be. I just didn't see that when I looked today. I should have looked at it a little closer before we talked about it. But there's an option there. Uh, we talked about earlier in the year Kim Johnson, one of my favorite, or well, my favorite female dancer of all time, pro on the show. She's going to be doing a cabaret show coming up. I keep looking for it. I haven't heard anything more about it, but if you like Kim Johnson, we could go to that. But anyways, uh, just uh, anything Dancing with the Stars related, I go to it, and um, I'd be happy to take the winner of our word of the day um, to one of those places. So uh, let's see here. We need to have a deadline. When's the, when's the next show? Uh, the 5th, right? That's the finale, next next Tuesday. Who knows when you're going to get this because I'm... Let me write that down. I'm recording this late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, and hopefully TC can get it out to you guys. But 
I think December 5th is enough time. He'll get it out to you way before then. And I know if you're getting in these contests, you're already in them. If you just found out about it tonight and want to get in them, you'd have to cram in, listen to <laughs> 10 episodes of my podcast to look for the word of the day. And I don't think anybody's that dedicated. But uh, yeah, let's make it the deadline for the word of the day. And the question of the day is going to be December 5th at midnight. So that's December 5th is next Tuesday's finale. And I'm sure all of you will have it in that want to be in the contest before then. But let's just make it a midnight, December 5th. So, okay. So just regurgitate those nine words to me and we'll go from there. So that's the word of the day. Uh, the question of the day. This will be the ninth one of them too, I believe. Boy, I should have all this in front of me, but just kind of scatters since I've been back from the trip. Uh, but yes, um, Let's do uh, the question of the day here. And this is for a trip to see the show live and in person, uh, L.A., Dancing with the Stars, next season, assuming we have a season 33. I've got high hopes because of our ratings and the tour. And I think, you know, it's a new generation of the show with uh, Derek and Julianne and Alfonso heading the, the, the group up and Bruno and Carrie Ann, just a link to the past sticking on. And I love it. I think there's... If Conrad sticks around, he may want to build this thing again if he can. He's, he's starting off really good doing it. And uh, so I have hope there'll be a season 33 next year. Um, as we said, it's a beating going to the show. But I guess I, I haven't talked to you about all this. I'm kind of scattered, aren't I? Uh, what we're going to do for these, these winners is you either get to go to the tour stop or the other shows we talked about and or the show in L.A., Free of charge. You know, I'll pay your airfare to get wherever, two-night hotel stay. I think for the tour, though, it'll probably be just a one-night hotel. Well, is that going to work? I don't know. We'll figure it out. I guess it depends on where the tour is and where you're flying from. But, you know, last year's winner um, lived in North Carolina, and that's a long flight out. So you need a day to get there and a day to get back as well as the show of the day. So it's a two-night hotel stay. But let's just go with that. It'll be the, the airfare's covered, two-night hotel, the rental car I'll have if you want to drive with me. If not, you can get your own, of course. And um, dinner after the show is included or after the tour stop or where we end up going. So if you want it to, the, the, the trip won't cost you anything. And, uh, you know, if you want your own personal time and your own car and all that stuff, of course, you can buy that. But the hotel room and all that will be covered. So, uh I think I covered everything there. Okay, question of the day. Last week, I mentioned that during a camera sweep of the audience, we saw two eliminated contestants from earlier in the season. Who were those two uh, earlier eliminated contestants that we saw in the audience? <laughs> and that is our question of the week. Turn out the the party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Yes, uh, for the, gosh, second to last time this season, Dandy Don Meredith tells us it's time to get out of here. Uh, once again, don't forget those contests. Those contests. The deadline is December 5th. And as you know, we always end the show with a song that when I hear it, reminds, hear it, it reminds me of a special dance in, in Dancing with the Stars history for me personally. So uh, this song here, I don't know when I would ever hear it, but 
If I do, it reminds me of a Dancing with the Stars song. Hands on Me by someone named Josh Stone. I don't know if I've ever heard it on the radio. I don't even listen to much radio, but if I ever hear this song again, it will remind me of the uh, cha-cha-cha of Elizabeth Berkley and her partner Val during season 17 of Dancing with the Stars. Um, I believe on my top 10 dances of all time a couple years ago I did. I think I had this. It was near the end, but um, I was so impressed by this cha-cha-cha from Elizabeth, man, she just killed it, and she did a solo in it. It was sharp and clean and sexy, and Elizabeth was a, consi a consistent contestant every week. She got better and better and better, and she deserved to finish higher than sixth, fl sixth place in her season, but uh, season 17 was a uh, topsy-turvy uh, season, and this dance that she did uh, was the first perfect score of the season. And, you know, that's pretty impressive for anyone to do that. Okay, next week, the finals of season 32. Uh, we've got a good group to choose from. I hope you guys enjoy the final show of the season, and we'll certainly be back next week to talk to you about it. Uh, don't forget, the deadline for the contest is midnight on December 5th. So get your answers in for that. The word of the day and the question of the day um, as always, thank you to TC for getting this thing out to you. I know it's a little later this week because I went to the show, but thanks to him for doing that. Thanks to you guys for listening, of course. And uh, I can't wait to be back next week to talk to you about the season 32 finale. It's getting kind of sad, isn't it? <laughs> well, until then, oh, and the three-hour extra extravaganza, too. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Till then, this is Tony the Engineer. Bye-bye.